0: Dr. Debbie here, and just a quick announcement before we get to today's episode. Has someone shattered your trust? Have you been blindsided by betrayal? It's a total shock to the body and mind. Some of us recover, and many others stay sick, bitter, angry, resentful, and stuck. If that's you, I have a research-based solution. My new book, Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence and Happiness is now available. In the book, I literally walk you through the five stages of betrayal all the way to transformation with all kinds of examples, stories, and activities so you heal as you're moving through the book. I've also shared my very personal story along with those who participated in my PhD study so you can see how others move through their experiences too. Of course, I'm also teaching you my four part trust rebuilding process so you can learn to feel safe again, love again, trust again. So here's what you do go to the PBT, as in post betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. That's thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. Why? Because there's a link on that page that'll take you to Amazon, but I want you to know about it because once you get the book, come back to that page, enter your receipt, and then you get some amazing bonus gifts. Can't wait to share the book with you. And if you have friends or a group who'd benefit, get it for them too because I'm giving tickets to a very special workshop for anyone who purchases more than five copies. ThePBTInstitute.com forward slash TrustAgain. Okay, now on to today's episode. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Heather Ardema. Heather is a board-certified and a functional medicine-certified health coach and the founder of Root of Wellbeing. She's an aspiring minimalist, a real food advocate, and a big fan of living a lighter life. After years of an overloaded, heavy existence, she's now freer, lighter, and happier than she's ever been before. Today, it's her passion to help other women in their prime release the complication and Clutter that's been weighing them down so that they can make space for the things that matter most. She does this work through her private client coaching and Simply Full, her virtual whole body wellness and weight loss sisterhood, where she guides women towards weight loss breakthroughs by helping them release the clutter in their heads, their hearts, their kitchens, and helps them get to the root of living the lives they love. So what does betrayal and a minimalist lifestyle have to do with one another? You're about to find out as my next guest, Heather Artema, shares some tips, tricks, and strategies to help you unclutter your mind, body, and life after betrayal. You're going to love our conversation. Here we go. Okay, everybody, you're in for a treat today. We have Heather Artema with us and we're going to be talking about the link between betrayal and minimalism and I I know for me you know clutter makes me crazy and Heather's going to tell us exactly why that happens of course the show is all about betrayal and different hacks tips tricks solutions to move us forward and and who knows maybe minimalism is a way to do just that so
1: welcome Heather Hey! Thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so glad, and we're happy to have you. So let's just get started. I definitely want to get to the minimalism, you know, all of that. But before that, of course, everyone wants to know um, about the betrayals and and possibly the link
1: there. So just up, if you could bring us up to
0: speed with the betrayal, and then we'll we'll see where we go with that.
1: For sure. So I have body betrayals. That's really what my betrayal is all about. My my body, I, I didn't recognize what it was doing. I didn't understand why it was doing what it was doing. And and so that is my big betrayal. And so really how it all manifested is I have always had this voracious appetite for everything. I've always wanted to be involved, included. I love eating. I'm hungry for everything. There's not a meal I don't like. There's not an activity I don't like. I just want to do it all, and so I have had something called FOMO. Do you know FOMO? Fear of missing out. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Most of us probably have heard that, mm-hmm. that acronym now: fear of missing that missing out. And I have had that since birth. I really do believe it's a nature thing. It's who I am. But I've always wanted to be included. I've always wanted to say yes, and I've always believed that that more is more more of everything is better and the idea of less being more was like what what are you talking about that's deprivation not a chance and so as a young child always wanting to be included i uh, i was really busy i was really active and my mom would say oh heather you are burning the candle at both ends you should probably slow down i don't know if this is good for you and i said oh you're just crazy and let me just keep doing all these fun things because I love them. And when I was 17, my body said, eh, nope, we have to kind of put a screeching halt to some of your activity, to some of your behavior because my body was not happy with what I was doing.
0: How did you recognize that your body wasn't happy?
1: Oh, I put, I, on a lot of, yeah, I put on a lot of weight in a short amount of time. Okay. And I was only 17. I, I didn't understand it. I was a cheerleader. I ran cross country. I was playing a lot of sports. And uh, all of a sudden, I put on a lot of weight. And so much so that my cross country coach, who was also my track coach, told me in the spring, Heather, you need to you need to drop some weight by the fall if you really want to be competitive again in cross country
0: Mm. and you know sometimes it just takes a comment like that to just make such a a detrimental lasting impression on us so what what did that lead to for you
1: right well when he said it I felt like I was kicked in the stomach Mm -hmm. I got all sweaty I was like oh my oh my gosh here's this person and I respect him so much and I still respect him so much he's an incredible person and frankly what he said was was true if I wanted to be competitive I needed to release some of these pounds. And so I did take it personally. And then I realized, oh my gosh, no, no, no. Like if I'm to, if I'm going to be honest with myself, yes, I want to do this. And frankly, I didn't like the extra weight anyway. So it was Mm -hmm. almost like the elephant in the room. He had the courage to say something because he cared about me. Mm-hmm. And so the weight fell off over the summer, just being a kid, being active and outdoorsy. And I, I didn't realize it, but I was actually intermittent fasting as well mm-hmm. uh, because I wasn't on that school schedule. So I wasn't eating breakfast, you know, at the early hours of dawn.
0: And, and I'm just going to stop you there because some of our listeners may not know what intermittent intermittent fasting is. So if you could just give us a like a super quick you know, summary yeah. of what that is, that would be really
1: helpful. Oh, absolutely. So intermittent fasting, really what it is, is it's eating within a certain time window, a certain time frame. So it's not necessarily eating fewer calories. It's just having those calories come in within a a smaller window of time so that there's a larger window of time for your body to do other things. Process, not not just always processing the foods, but doing all all the millions of things that the body does that we aren't even aware of.
0: You know, and it, it kind of reminds me of, it, it's like, instead of multitasking where we're not really good at anything, it's like prioritizing, okay, I'm going di- to digest now.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So in the yeah. summer, I was probably eating between 11 and 6 versus 6 a.m. and 6 p.m.
0: Right. Okay. Uh,
1: so that, that for me, for my body, my body responded really well to that. And I released those extra pounds. My coach was happy. I had a great cross season, but then guess what happened? When you know, nine months later at track season, I had gained the weight again. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what in the world, what is going on? How is this happening? And if I look at my behavior, if I compared myself to others, I, I felt like I was eating the same way as they were eating. Mm-hmm. All my friends were skinny and thin and tiny. And I thought, well, what's going on? I really just think my body was saying, you know what, Heather, With your body chemistry, because it's always, my chemistry is unique to the next person's and to the Mm -hmm, next person's. mm -hmm. We just can't tolerate all the sugar that you're eating. Mm -hmm. We've been able to tolerate it all these years, but now at 17 and at 18 and at 19, just can't tolerate it like we used to be able to.
0: Mm -hmm. So what'd you do?
1: Oh, I hated on myself for a long time. (laughs) I, I, I didn't understand. I didn't realize that my, I, I was angry. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, well, why can everybody else eat this way? And I can't it's not mm-hmm. fair is what I thought and so I, I was kind of pretty negative about my body and about my appearance and Angry at my body for not showing up in the way that I thought it should be showing up
0: and you know what I, and again, I'm gonna stop you there because that's such a typical stage of, of Betrayal where someone is just they're so angry at their scenario and at some point we we kind of get sick of that story and it's only when we get so tired of that story, do we say, okay, you know what? Yes, it's true. Yes. My body isn't responding like everybody else, but this is where I am and let me do something different. And that's the beginning of transformation. It's telling yourself the truth. It's not just blaming everybody else and it's saying, okay, this just isn't working anymore. So what happened next? Right.
1: Right. Well, I tried, you know, I tried changing my story with exercise. It was something I always love to do but I almost went overboard. So I I would do two aerobics classes in a row, then Mm -hmm. I'd go running and, but I was still eating a lot of food. I was at this time still drinking a lot of alcohol. I was in college by this time and Mm -hmm. it was just, my body was still saying, wow, we're doing the best we can with what you're giving us, Mm -hmm. but it's not good enough. And Mm -hmm. so I was trying to adjust my weight only through exercise and not through the food I was eating. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen until later. So I was in my late 20s. I was curled up on the couch because I had just eaten gluten. And that was I thought that was normal. You eat gluten and then you curl up on the couch. Mm-hmm. And you're in pain. And that's just normal. Or for me, I had a lot of um, acid reflux issues. Mm-hmm. And so if I had pizza, I thought it was normal that somebody would just have to hit me on the back to get it all out mm-hmm. so that I'd no longer be in pain. So gross. And so obvious now that my body was saying, please stop. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just, it, I mean, it, I, I was always hopeful. Oh, you know what? I couldn't eat, the, or I ate the pizza last week and it hurt, but maybe this week I can eat the pizza and it won't hurt. Yeah. So I was always this optimistic person. And it wasn't until my late 20s when I was like, okay, maybe I should cut the gluten. Let's just mm-hmm. see what happens. So what happened when you did? Oh, I felt a lot better. i felt a lot better and it was hard at first because i had this fear of missing out Mm -hmm. so i would see people eating the donuts and the bagels and i i stumbled a little bit Mm -hmm. and i thought maybe i can try a little bit Mm -hmm. i'd have a little bit and then boom the pain the swelling just it, it just it wasn't worth it
0: so so i know you had other betrayals as well other sort of body betrayals what were they
1: yeah so in my early 30s i was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis I also was diagnosed with another autoimmune disease, and that one is called psoriasis. Mm-hmm. That's a skin autoimmune condition. And then the, the third one I was diagnosed with was called Sjogren's. And that one I actually have probably had for a long time, probably since my late teens, early 20s. I just didn't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and but, can you explain what Sjogren's is? Yeah, so it's a system, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of a collection of, sy- of symptoms. Mm-hmm. Dry eyes, dry mouth, heartburn, GERD, all of those mm-hmm. types of things woven together Mm -hmm. and um and i with each autoimmune condition i thought gosh i'm too young for this Mm -hmm. i'm too young this is crazy Mm -hmm. i i'm in my mid-40s now and i i'm what three autoimmune conditions probably more but let's just say three anyway and i felt for a long time like this is a betrayal why is my body doing this i'm strong i'm fierce i'm powerful i'm fast runner i why is my body saying slow down and you know
0: it's so interesting because i had rheumatoid arthritis too and i actually it was so bad in both feet from the outside they looked fine from the inside i had completely worn away all my cartilage and i every doctor i said i went to said well it's probably from your years of running and i'm like i i was in my early 40s and i'm like why is it that some people can run into their 70s and I could barely walk. I could barely walk and you you can't have surgery on both feet at the same time. So I had surgery on one foot, cast, crutches the whole, you know, the whole thing. And then years later I had to have it on the other as well. And it's so amazing because, you know, energetically, right, when you think of slowing down, the the, the feet represent you know, fear of moving forward and, and, you know, taking it easy and you're not. And it's almost like I had to be completely laid up, couldn't move for, and I still didn't get the message, you know, where, where it's like, here I am casting crutches and you know, you would think I would get the message, but I think we also attribute something like arthritis to when we're older, you know, it's like, okay, it's one thing when we're older to get that, but in your thirties or forties. So, uh, but I know with me, it was completely stress related.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, and yeah, arthritis, you associate that with somebody being older. Mm-hmm. And I was also on a lot of pharmaceuticals from a young age. Yeah. And I thought, why am I on so many pharmaceuticals when my parents are on none? It did not make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. I am gratefully off of all those pharmaceuticals now. Mm-hmm. That has been part of my healing and, and part of the beauty in this, in this kind of painful but rich experience. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be off well, of those. today. And and so let's
0: talk about that. So for you to have three autoimmune conditions be on all of these pharmaceuticals and then get off of them, I know everybody wants to know, how did you do that and what did it lead to?
1: Right. Well, my mom would be happy. I slowed down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. So I spent 20 years in corporate America and I had a great career, traveled the world. If I were to give it a grade, I give it a B, a B plus. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I realized, you know, I, uh, I had removed the gluten from my life in my late 20s. And uh, after I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, I, I didn't make big changes uh, for a few years. But then I thought, you know what? Let me look at food and let me see if I can do more with the power of food. Mm-hmm. So I further changed my diet and I slowed down. So that, that's the part that makes my mom happy. I slowed down. And I started to feel better and better and better. I had just, uh, I've always had a lot of energy, but now I was able to focus it more. Mm-hmm. And because I was feeling so well, I realized I wanted to leave my corporate career, even though it was that B plus. And I said, you know what? I want an A plus. I want to do something that I'm passionate about, that I love, that is, is that where I can help other people. And so I left that, that corporate career. And I feel like I left a career for a calling. Mm-hmm. And I went back to school. I, I dove into the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. I became a board certified coach as well. And I, I can't believe how lucky I am now that I get to work with women who are willing to address the clutter in their life to release that clutter so that they can release their extra pounds. Uh, so yeah. so I, yeah. that's definitely what I, want, what I want to
0: get to. How, tell us the link between clutter and excess weight and what it has to do with one another. And like, I, you know, when we started, I said, I I, clutter for me, it does. It makes me crazy. Like I just, it's, I, I, it, it, it gives me anxiety looking at all that stuff. And, you know, here I am, I'm in a house. We have six of us here, and I'm the only one who likes to get rid of things. And I have six dogs too. So there's a tremendous amount of stuff. It's like, when no one's looking, I try to get rid of things, but, uh but it, 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 it's very, um, I think a cluttered space creates a cluttered mind and and tell us how it creates a sort of cluttered body too
1: absolutely and do you know that clutter impacts women more than men really that's what the research says yes and so when there there was a study done and when uh dual income uh uh families when the men would see the clutter, their cortisol levels wouldn't increase, they stayed the same. But when 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 women would, their their cortisol went through the roof. Mm-hmm. And it was just where women are feeling more responsible for the clutter in the home. And I know with my family, I've got two boys and a husband, and I know the clutter bugs me more than anybody else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've I've decided actually with my kids, I've gone around and I for fun, I take pictures of any clutter that's out so that when they come home from school, I show them the pictures and you owe me a dollar for every picture I take. <laughs> mm, okay. That's- I, I don't want to pick up their clutter anymore. But anyway, clutter can manifest not only in the physical things that we see and that are driving us crazy, mm-hmm. but also it can manifest in these heavy thoughts and heavy emotions that we have. And so for me, I realized when I was in my corporate days, kind of the end of those days, It was feeling like clutter because I knew there was something better for me. I knew there was something else for me. And if I stayed in that corporate role, I knew I wasn't living my purpose. Mm -hmm. And so, just staying there, in essence, was clutter. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. unnecessary because there was something better for me to do where I could help more people. And so, when I left the corporate career and when I was able to focus on my passion, it made so many things really, really clear for me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I could see when because
0: we want to make sure all of this relates to betrayal because it does. Um, when is it the kind of thing where if we're unsure about something or we don't know a next move, like clean a closet and that'll help give us a little more clarity as far as what a next step may be, or just even feeling a little bit better. Like what's the, what's the link? What's the way, what's the way to, you know, cause we're all about well, like, what's the other side to get to that other side of feeling right better. Yeah. Right.
1: And cleaning that closet, it can provide you some certainty. So mm-hmm. it's really resourceful. It's really good because you're actually doing something productive. And often when we're doing things with our, with our hands, mm-hmm. that allows us to actually figure things out without realizing it. It's mm-hmm. like the best ideas come in the shower. Mm-hmm. Really good ideas come when you're cleaning your closet out too. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got that sense of satisfaction because, oh, It's clean, there's space, and oh, I have this great idea, or I know how to move forward, or I know how to have this hard conversation with somebody that no longer feels hard. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And I love that, and I think you know you you said it about feeling productive. I know it's it's interesting because for me that's why I love journaling so much. Because meditating is great, but I feel like I'm not being productive. There's something about journaling where I feel like I'm doing something and somehow I'm being productive at the same time as tapping into whatever thoughts, whatever you know, beliefs, subconscious things are hanging out there. I can access them, but through this idea of being productive. So I love the link. I hope everybody's really listening and hearing that. Where wouldn't that be? wonderful to think all of that confusion that we're feeling after betrayal. There's so many emotions we're going through, but doing something like choosing an area to declutter and, and creating, you know, that, that sense of space is really creating that sense of mental, emotional space for something new and beautiful to show up.
1: Absolutely. It's this, it's this calm and, and, you know, it's the, uh, if you can create a calm environment on the outside, mm-hmm. you're more likely to have a calm environment on the inside and vice versa. So if you have a chaotic environment on the inside, you're going through all the emotions, you're mm-hmm. hurt, you're angry, you're frustrated. If you can create this calm environment on the outside, it's going to be easier to match that external, ex- external environment. Mm -hmm. So if your house, imagine if you walk into a house and there's just clutter everywhere and it's chaotic, Mm -hmm. it's hard to calm down. It's hard to think. It's hard to be happy. Mm -hmm. If you walk into a house that's clean and it's organized, it's so much easier to be like, "Ah, yes, I like my environment and I like myself and I can move forward in life.
0: So now I'm I'm trying to get in the minds of my listeners now and, and they're saying, well, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff here. Where the
1: heck do I even begin? yeah okay so you like to journal i like to journal too but there's one more thing i like to do before i journal so in the minimalism world we have a term and we call it white space Mm -hmm. have you heard of white space before
0: you explained it the way because i'm yeah i just know white space is like sort of downtime for creative stuff to show up
1: exactly it's down okay Okay. that's perfect and it's it's the quiet space between all the busyness Mm -hmm. so we have so much on our plate we are living these overloaded addicted to busy lives and we're so addicted to busy because we're afraid to be uh just be present with our emotions Mm -hmm. and so the first step i would say is create that white space so i create it every single day i get up before anybody else in my family i put my tea kettle on the stove i have you know old-fashioned put it on the stove Mm -hmm. and while it's heating up i sit on the couch and I just say, okay, is gonna come to me, let it come to me. Some people might say it's meditation, but I, it's not forced, it's not, it's just anything can come to me. And I'm, I, I allow my brain to go wherever it wants. What do I need to hear? What do I need to learn? What do I need to know to move forward in my day? That's my white space, 15 minutes a day, that's it.
0: And I, I love the, the timer of you put the tea kettle on and when it's, you know, when you hear it, then it's time. <laughs>
1: Exactly. That's when, all right, get up. I open up my journal. I write down the three things that would make today great because I know what those are because they've all come to me. And, and, and then I start diving into my day, but I love that quiet space. And I think, isn't there, I think there's a fun um, meme that has, what is it? It's like when your technology is not working, they just say to unplug it. Mm. But when you're not working, unplug yourself, give yourself those 15 minutes. Everybody is worthy. Of 15 quiet minutes to themselves it's not selfish Mm -hmm. it actually is for me it's self-preservation that's
0: exactly those are the exact words I use it's not selfish it's self-preservation so amazing okay so once you've created that white space you've come up with your answers and it's interesting because the the questions uh, that I usually ask myself when I'm journaling is what do I need to know today or you know, oh. what do I need to feel? What, what What's going on? Whatever. But it seems like you're, you're sort of coming to the same conclusion while you're sitting there waiting for your tea. Beautiful. So now you've, you've created that space. You've, your, your tea is ready. You're yeah. drinking your tea. Then you're starting your day. Talk to us about, okay, now it's time to, to declutter some physical space.
1: Yes. Yes. And so for me, it's, um, and for everybody, it's going to be different. Some people are going to be more tolerant of clutter. Some people some people aren't. And, and there's really no wrong answer here. And so what you want to ask yourself is what matters most to you? Mm-hmm. Really, what matters most to you? And use that as your guiding force. And so if you feel like you've had a body betrayal and you feel like you are, have extra pounds that you're carrying and that you want to release those, you may want to declutter your kitchen. Because that matters most to you. You've had this body betrayal. You're tired of carrying the extra weight. You've decided that you're ready for a new story. So the first place to start would be your kitchen. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will have kitchens that they don't like. And so imagine if you have a room that you don't like, you don't really want to spend much time there. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be putting things in that room, they typically going to be things that are, well, I'm not going to think about these things very much. I'm just going to shove them in there and, and and then just try not to think about the food mm-hmm. and so what I would say if you've got the body betrayal with weight Love your kitchen Find a way to love it bring in a plant. put in some artwork Put what whatever that is make it a room you want to be in ask yourself How can I like the space get rid of things you don't need so of course there's clutter like nobody needs like three three um, Can openers mm-hmm. that's just taking mm-hmm. up mental energy and mental space so you want to mm-hmm. get rid of the extras and things but also Clutter can show up at, in the form of ingredients. Mm. So like for me, gluten was clutter in my body. It was doing my body no good. Mm -hmm. And so that's not for everybody. Maybe there are people out there that can tolerate it. But for many of us, gluten Mm -hmm. manifests as clutter in the body. Mm -hmm. And so ask yourself, what is manifesting as clutter in the body? And when I say clutter, that just means it leaves you feeling lethargic, tired, sad, shame, frustrated with yourself, get rid of those ingredients. It doesn't mean you can't ever have them again, but you want your kitchen to be a safe place, a place of peace, a place of calm, a place that's not going to backstab you. Mm. So do you have any
0: examples of, let's say, clients <laughs> you've worked with where they've decluttered their kitchen and lost some weight or decluttered, you know, maybe their living room and they they changed a thought, whatever, something like that. I'd love to ah. hear that.
1: Yeah, so many examples, so many examples, and I love hearing these. I have a, a virtual sisterhood, so everybody likes to, to share their, their examples of life. And, and the sisterhood is, is decluttering and weight loss, so minimalism and weight loss. And, and really, minimalism, yeah, sometimes people think of it as frugality, but mm-hmm. really what it is is just getting rid of the things that aren't serving us so that we can focus on the things that we want to, the things that, that mean the most. And you know, it, it's so interesting because,
0: and, and everybody who listens to the show, they've, they've heard maybe ad nauseum me talk about my study, but we talk about the five stages and moving from, one of the things is moving from stage three to stage four, and and stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Your old normal doesn't exist, it's no longer an option. And stage four, and I always reference it to, if you've ever moved into a new house, condo, office, apartment, whatever. It's it's, you know you're you're making this your your own this will be your new space but think about it you do not bring everything with you if it doesn't represent the version of you that you want to become the version of you that you're ready for then it doesn't come with you and so often this is where I see a shift in friendships if your friends weren't there for you if you no longer can tolerate gossip or whatever they're doing they just no longer have a place and people get freaked out like what do you mean these have been my friends forever and they and they get really Really a f- scared when they're like, I, I just don't want to, you know, I just don't have anything in common with them. Well, that's why. And it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, we're creating this space to suit this version of ourselves we're becoming.
1: Yes, it's a fresh start. Mm-hmm. It's a fresh start where you get to be selective and you get to prioritize. It's a good thing. It's not a forced fresh start. It's this like, oh my gosh, my life can be better. Yes, we all want that. And when we are, uh, so you were asking about examples of people who have kind of cleaned up their, mm-hmm. their surroundings and, and how they have felt. Well, oh my goodness, it's just, it's wonderful. So I have this tool, um, we, we call it mapping. And so uh, it's MAP, the M stands for meaning. So when you are, let's say you're looking around your living room and it's feeling a little bit heavy and mm-hmm. you want to make it feel lighter. The way to make it feel lighter is is by removing things. That's where less can be more, less can be better. And where my whole mindset of more is more when I was a child is like, oh, I've now realized, I've now fallen in love with the idea that less can be more. So you pick up an item or you look at an item, and you're like, oh, what's this meaning that I'm giving this thing? Mm -hmm. Because things don't have meaning until we give these things meaning. Mm -hmm. I used to think that I was a better daughter if I kept everything that my mom gave me. Mm -hmm. Well, if I keep this painting, or if I keep this item that my mom has given me, that means I'm a better daughter. And then I realized things don't have meaning until I give them meaning. They're just things. That's why we say it's always easier to go into somebody else's house and declutter mm-hmm. because we're not attached to things.
0: Right. So, so, okay. So the, I love that. So the first thing is what, what's the meaning we've given it? And this is, this is so great because think about it, when it comes to betrayal, there may be things in there that are painful to look at. So if, if they have a painful reference for you or the meaning just triggers all k- kinds of triggers or whatever, then maybe it's time to, uh, to get rid of them. Okay. So that's the M what's the A.
1: Yeah. And time to adjust those thoughts mm-hmm. that, 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 what, you know, you're, you're thinking some thoughts in your head. So address mm-hmm. those thoughts if they're not serving you and doing you any good, they are clutter. Mm-hmm. So that A is basically it's, are you aware of the meaning? Are you on autopilot? Because if it's just there because it's there, that's Mm -hmm. not a good enough reason. Mm. Everything everything should serve a purpose, whether it's making you happy, giving you joy, feeling a function. If it's it's just autopilot and it's just there, time to get rid of it. And then the P is, will you give yourself permission Mm -hmm. to let it go, to release it? And when we do that, we end up with this lighter environment, which makes us feel lighter as well.
0: Beautiful. So Heather, what do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up?
1: Oh my goodness. That less can be better. Really, truly that, that if you've got these heavy thoughts, the the thoughts where your, your heart is hurting, that you feel like you've been betrayed by somebody else, that you're angry, that your own body has betrayed you to let go of those, to release those and to find some thoughts that are really going to serve you because we are all Worth it. Mm. We're worth it. We're here for such a short, precious amount of time that it is just say today, find that white space, find that quiet space, and ask yourself what matters most to you. How do I want to show up? Even the, all the excuses will come, and those excuses are clutter as well. It's okay. Let them come. And they say, hey, you guys, you've served me in a certain way up until this point, but I no longer have space for you in my life. Remove those excuses and move forward. I think that's great.
0: I don't know about everybody listening, but I know for me, I'm looking around my office right now. I'm already figuring out what I'm going to get rid of. So Uh, great (laughs) advice, Heather. Thank you so much. And and where do we go to learn more about
1: you? Rootofwellbeing.com. So that is my website, Root of Wellbeing. I have the the same social media handles, Root of Wellbeing. And um, yeah, I love helping women kind of remove that clutter, release that clutter so they can get to the root of their unique well-being.
0: Oh, beautiful. Okay. Heather, thanks so much. I know everyone's going to be on their decluttering project to declutter their space and declutter their mind at the same time. So I know you helped a
1: lot of people. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love what you're doing. And this has been a ton of fun. Thanks.
0: Aren't you so motivated to get rid of some stuff that just doesn't serve you? I'm seriously going to need a dumpster once I go through some of the rooms I'm picturing in my house. I love Heather's map strategy, M, which stands for the meaning that object has that you've given it. A, which stands for becoming aware of the meaning you're giving it, and P, giving yourself permission to let it go. Stay in touch with Heather by going to rootofwellbeing.com, and we'll have all of our information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. A cluttered space leads to a cluttered mind, and when our minds are cluttered, it's stressful, and we aren't able to access our best or most helpful thoughts, our next best steps, and so much more. By letting go of what no longer serves us, we're creating a new, clean, and cleared space to create an amazing next chapter. Letting Go also leaves room for new things, that can support you for the new you that you're becoming. So with that, if you haven't already, be sure to take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz and doors are open to the all new the PBT membership community. Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best, communication, support, certified coaches and practitioners you can schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best, all online. I'm so excited to welcome you. Go to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.